Welcome in, everybody. It's just me right now. Um, Chris is here as well, but he has gone to get a drink, I think, and he seems to have taken a little bit too long to come back. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be here in a moment, but um, you know what? It's great. You guys are all here. There's so many of you here. Welcome in. Um, happy Sunday. I hope everybody's had a lovely weekend. Um, the Ashley Stern we all oh. wanted exactly. Oh, fuck off, Chris! You know what? They all decided that they just wanted me now. So, oh, cool. You know, all right, I'll see you guys later. Not needed. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> I was so close. That you? kettle's so slow. Um, yeah, I'm cool. I uh, just did just did excess malarkey, which was awesome. Okay. Um, what what is that? It's uh, it's know. one of the it's one of the most fun stand up shows in the UK. Um, it's it's in Manchester. Uh, they're always like the crowd just wants to hear your best stuff. Okay, you don't have to do your club stuff. They want you to go out and take a risk and make them think and go for it. And uh, I love I love them so much. They're so fun. Um, and yeah, so I guess their headliner dropped out. So they just sent me like an email, just sort of like, ah, are you free? And I was like, it's the afternoon here, baby. I'm so free. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And it went well. Yeah, it was very fun. And I got to watch um, uh, Elf Lions open, and then Roscoe was in the middle. So I got to watch them uh, do their great. jokes, which was great. And uh, yeah, it was, it was very nice. And I heard, uh, oh, no, Steve, it was over the internet. It was very much over the internet. I am still <laughs> in Canada. Uh, they do, they have a Twitch channel. And so they, they broadcast the show over that, which is really oh, fun. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, should we give them a little shout out? What's their Twitch handle? Uh, yeah, XS Malarkey. Is that the letters XS? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, they're they're great. They've been going for twenty four years. Um, it's just it's one of the best, um, like for real, one of the best independent comedy shows in the UK. It's very very That's fun. Cool. Yeah, I I, I love them. Um, and so it was very nice to do that show. I also I got a message from uh, my my very soon to be landlord asking if I can pick up the keys today, so I might get to move in a day early, which is cool. Ooh, that's great. Yeah, so I might be that's in tomorrow, cool. which would be <gasps> awesome. That's so exciting. Yeah, so I think she has to leave tomorrow, but I think she has to leave very early because Ooh. she lives on another island, an even smaller island, a teeny bitty <laughs> island. Um, and so so yeah, so she's like, I have to leave earlier than I thought. Can you come? And I was like, fuck yeah. So as soon as we get off the air today, I'm heading into Victoria to go get my keys. And then That's I'm going to move. And you can start moving. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. That's great. Oh, that's yeah. so exciting. I can't, I can't wait. And like, and it's going to be a very easy move because the only things I have with me are I, I could carry on, carry on to a plane. So right. it's perfect. And Sadaf has organized to send my other bags to my new place. So they'll get there at the end of the week. Cool. Which is perfect. So. Oh, you're so happy. 
I can't <laughs> Look wait. Look at your happy little face. I can't wait. I'm so excited. That little dance just made me want to squeeze your cheeks. That was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be good. You had um, you had your dad visiting this weekend. How was it? I did. It was lovely. It was really really nice. Um, it was only for two days, but it was lovely. Really, good. we had nice food. We kept it nice and chill, didn't try and do too much. And mm. uh, we went and did a Cl uh, the Clydeside Distillery tour. Oh, yeah, um, you were saying that. Yeah, which was really, really nice. It's a very new distillery. They actually only opened um, six months before the pandemic. And um, oh, they're wow. only bringing out... They actually have their first batch of whiskey ready to go, but they can't sell it yet because there's shortages on glass and cardboard. So they oh actually can't get the packaging to start selling it. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God, that's terrible. Brexit I feel like Brexit has something to do with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it was it was a lovely tour and it was a chocolate and whiskey tasting at the end, um, which was very cool. And uh, they keep the group sizes quite small. So it was just us and three Scottish lads and three german lads um it, it was basically me with a load of 50 and 60 year old men <laughs> nice yeah where you belong um, where i belong exactly where you belong. <laughs> um and it was one of those funny things where the host the the tour guide kept saying um you know, ladies and gentlemen, and then he'd correct himself. He, he's just like, sh or should I say, lady and gentlemen? <laughs> and I'm just like, Tet, okay. Ted saying what we're all thinking, just like this stream, then, just yeah, like exactly. this stream. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you make That's tea nice. with whiskey? No, but one thing I did learn is uh, Johnny Walker, who's obviously a very big whiskey brand, mm -hmm. um, he was teetotal he never drank hmm. and he made whiskey because he was already making tea and he went well i can make tea i may as well make whiskey and he, he, it was literally he was just like this is a business opportunity wow. um, but he was teetotal he never so he never actually drank which is potentially why his whiskey tastes like shite but anyway <laughs> it doesn't though it's fine I don't like johnny walker at all i think it's fine i mean the I red the red is bad the black is fine Okay. And everything there above is that chance. is like good. There is a chance I've only had the red. Yeah. So um, I will say that I'm open to trying it, but it's like I um, really was unimpressed. <laughs> the way the way that I think about it is like the red is like um, like Jose Cuervo tequila. Mm -hmm. Like it's not a good representation of anything. Okay. It's just cheap and it's there. So drink it. Sure. Um, okay. The black. Well, then is I like, shall try some others. <laughs> the black is like the Jack Daniels of scotch where it's just, That's it just, just works. It just does yeah. what it does. It's not going to be amazing, but it, you know what you're getting. And then well, everything that above the that is like. one. And they went with a black label because he had used, it was from the tea. Basically they went hmm. with black label because of tea. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> why not i love i love that one of the biggest brands in the world was like a ah fuck it <laughs> that's that gives me hope yeah um but yeah it was good it was really really lovely little tour and uh, it's in a lovely area they they told the story about how um it's down on the clyde river but apparently in the 1700s kids could like walk across that river 
completely safely which you would not believe if you were to see it now because it's huge like it's really deep but they purposely widened and deepened it so that they could get ships up okay into the river so they could ship whiskey that's a man with a plan yeah <laughs> that's, that's like um there's a there's a bridge in canada or vancouver that goes to north vancouver um that was paid for by the guinness family Oh. Like of Guinness, Guinness, um, mm -hmm. because they owned all of the land north of Vancouver. And they were like, I don't want to keep taking a fucking boat to my house. So we're just going to build a bridge and give it to the city. Let's just yeah. do that. And so now there's Baldy, a fucking huge. You, yeah. Baldy, you could be right. They, they, de they did purposely deepen it for shipbuilding and trade. Um, and I think there's a crane that's there now, which used to lift trains onto ships um mm -hmm. and so they used to move train cars in and out of there as well mm -hmm. um so i think it it was multi-purpose kind of um what's it called white the river canal okay, thing yeah. it, it, yeah. it served a few different functions but it was but that uh, was part of trade it. and movement basically um yeah. was the purpose but yeah i just thought it was fascinating really really good um and we went to a beautiful restaurant after the distillery called Left Bank in West End um, oh. of Glasgow. And it was so cool. I had walked past it once and I just thought it looked nice from the outside. And then when we went in and got shown to our table, it's like it was this labyrinthine adventure to get to our table. Like they had so many different levels, so many different winding stairs. It was so cool. Really, nice. really, really cool. And then really good food yeah that's uh, it's it really matters like you can't have that much presentation and then be like pub food here's your yeah here's your soggy <laughs> chips get out of here yeah and then the, the staff were also really really nice nice yeah Did, have you I, been to it makes me so want to go back to places when the staff are nice yeah it makes an absolutely huge difference that's one of the yeah. things that um hawksmore um you know, it's, I mean, like any business, there's pluses and minuses, but their whole hiring policy is just like uh, hire cool people that will work yeah. hard. And that's it. We can train them in everything else. Yeah. Anything else is trainable. If you're like, if you're a joy to be around and you're going to work your ass off, you're here. We don't give a shit. Come on down. That's so, cool. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. It was really, really lovely and um, not too expensive for how fancy it felt. Mm. You know, and then we were we were sat next to a table of I think eight people. Yeah, eight oh. people. Um, which, you know, sometimes can be a little bit like, Oh, are they gonna be really annoying or something? Yeah. Um and on my way out, the wait staff actually said, Sorry if you were up there next to a really loud party and I was like, They were actually fine. They were genuinely oh, nice. not very loud. Um, but it was nice that they appreciated that as well. That mm -hmm. the venue actually went like they acknowledged the fact that we were next to a loud table. Yeah, um, yeah, because they will have known, but the fact that they said something is pretty cool. Yeah, it was yeah. just nice. nice. Um, so yeah, Stephen, I can. Uh, Stephen's mentioned in the chat. He's looking at the menu. Highly recommend. I think it would be a perfect date spot. <laughs> um, it has that really nice kind of fancy date feel to it, and you'll have the lamb. That's what my dad got. It was really good. I tried some. <laughs> nice. King Geo's been coming in with some some doozies uh, of comments. One was on the the Johnny Walker thing. If you can find 
good price. Green and gold are really solid blends. They are, and that's absolutely true. And that thing okay. about uh, scotch and chocolate, Johnny Walker Gold in the freezer with some really high cacao uh, chocolate, ace. Um, and then he's saying, uh, in terms of the Hawksmoor thing, that's my hiring policy as well. I can train tech and product, but you yeah. either have a customer service mindset or you don't. And that's that's yeah. absolutely right. You can't put that into somebody. You're either a you people person. You can't take it out of somebody, though. If you don't treat your staff well, customer service can really, really get, like, wear you down and make you hate customer service. Because I've yeah. been in that position where I've really, I, I, I'm quite customer service uh suitable i'm i'm quite able to be friendly and stuff but uh i've had jobs where i just end up being a bit of a dick because i can't hack it anymore oh yeah you know? I've, I've got a friend who was running a big restaurant and right before i left the uk i was like so how's it going she's like i'm not doing it anymore i went to hr mm-hmm. i can't i can't serve another fucking person because i don't care about them yeah. And I don't I don't care what they want. I don't care what makes them happy. Yeah. I hate them. It's like, yep, everyone hits that. <laughs> I had there was a when I was a supervisor for the Edinburgh Christmas Festival, um there was one of the guys there and he was just the loveliest guy, one of the loveliest friendliest people I've ever worked with. Mm. And he was so aware of the fact that he was working for a Christmas festival and he hadn't worked for them before. Um and so he, at the beginning, he was just like, oh, my God, I, I'm so excited to make this such a special experience for, for kids and families and stuff like that. And he would put so much effort into making every single person feel so welcome and everything. Mm-hmm. But the thing about that festival is that people are horrible to you. Okay. <laughs> like, so, you know, you do get a little bit of Christmas cheer around the place, but it is horrible sometimes mm-hmm. um, and I have dealt with some of the worst customers I've ever dealt with at that festival I bet. and so um, you know he he literally turned around to me one day and he was like I really want to make this special for the people that you know want it to be special but I'm so tired and I just went dude you're paid minimum fucking wage to be here please do not give more of yourself than you can like yeah you don't tell people to fuck off but you are not expected to go above and beyond here (laughs) but it's also like because i i felt that way when i was new to service industry i wanted everyone to have the best night they've ever had and i knew that i could provide that and i loved it and then i just hit a point where i didn't care how their night went anymore now it was about how my night's going and that was okay too because as long as i'm trying to have fun then that passes on then they're having fun mm-hmm. um but once i don't care how either of our nights go that's a wrap then you got to walk away yeah <laughs> then it's no i'll burn this fucker down because i do not <laughs> care about you i read in the last like service job that i had because when i was at hawksmoor i only worked um dispense so i never talked to a customer which was perfect okay um yeah. so the last like service job that i had where it was customer facing um for the last six months, the bar back would just bring me weed. And he would be like, you should probably smoke some of this right now. And that meant I was <laughs> being a fucking grumpy Gus. And so we would we would just pause the bar for 10 minutes. We'd just be like, we'll be back in 10. And everyone would be like, okay, Chris, we'll see you later. It was a very sort of locals bar. And um, I'd go back into the alley with the bar back, smoke a joint with him, come back. Very pleasant. Slower. 
but pleasant and it and it worked out great that's so good <laughs> um how was your weekend very low-key um i mean well no okay so friday uh so our weekends are friday and saturday obviously um and mine was uh friday i got a bunch of admin stuff done set up with my medical care i organized my phone thing which is so much cheaper to stay in can or stay in the uk for than it is to get a canadian one 23 pounds a month 105 gigabytes uh and unlimited calls and texts plus uh free use in canada and the states in the eu it would have okay. been 120 dollars a month in canada for that that's outrageous. I think we might have the most expensive internet in the world. If we're definitely top three. What? Yeah. And the, pr the, prime, the prime minister keeps promising to like make it better and then just not, just not doing anything about it and actively making it worse. That's wild. Yeah. It's so much cheaper to keep my British phone than it is to come over here. And people are just like, people go, oh, can I text you? And I'm like, no. But you can message me on any number of internet things that we all yeah. have. So just do that. I mean, I I do most of my internet connection or most of my communications is through internet media. Absolutely. Like, the only people the only people that call or text me are fifty or over. Yeah. Everyone else, <laughs> it's WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram, Discord now. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever they fucking find is fine. Twitter. Um there's, I'm sure there's one that young people are like, you're on those? And I'm like, yes, yeah. I am, because I'm 37. But <laughs> that's fine. I shouldn't be talking to you anyway. You're 12. Uh, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, so I don't need a phone. I don't need a phone number. It's basically yeah. the phone part of your phone has become the landline to the mobile phone. Right. You don't need that part. Yeah. You I mean, don't. it's good, because occasionally you find a spot where there's no internet, but there is phone coverage, and you're like, yeah. This pickup truck sure has been following me for quite some time. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> what a niche idea. <laughs> why, why else would you call? I'm in the woods and I'm in danger. What? There's no internet. Okay. Please, please help. <laughs> I now understand where that scenario came from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I, yeah, I mean, I have kept my Irish phone number, um, mm. but I went on to a super cheap. Plan. Thank you for following Petrichor Love. Welcome Thank to the Troggies. I want to say um, specifically, Petrichor Love was in the crowd for because XS does like the Zoom show. And so oh, there's yes. some people that are in the crowd and then the rest are on Twitch. And um, yeah. I really, that one of my jokes, I can't remember which one, but I fucking broke her. Just couldn't, just couldn't stop. <laughs> it was the best. It was such a good feeling. And we've got another follow in from McWarrath. Oh, oh that sorry, right. that's me. Here we go. Um, Thanks so much for following McMore. Or, also, we actually, while trackies. I was setting up the stream earlier, we got two follows from new people in the, uh, who's, okay, they're gone. Um, I can't scroll back far enough to see their names, but there were two new follows. Thank you for those. Welcome into the Troggies, if you are listening. Welcome. Uh, it was about half an hour before the show started, and I was like, where did they come from? Oh, nice um, one. It's always exciting. Uh, yeah. Well, I know I know Petricor Love from uh, Solo Streams. I think she's a mystifer. I think Petricor Love was in my solo streams as well. That sounds um, right. I think people are still finding out that we have this channel. I think so. Yeah. Uh, in which case, tell your friends, tell your enemies, invite everybody over to the Untitled Twitch stream. Um, and hi, podcast listeners. Go tell Hello. your friends and your enemies as well. <laughs> Please like and subscribe and rate it. If you're on uh, Apple Music, it helps a lot. 
it, it does help. It's so frustrating how much it helps. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, Mulberry, it was you. Thank you so much for making yourself known. Let's give you a um, scrolling banner. Welcome to Troggies. Welcome in. And that's cool that you came over from the show as well. Um, the Love this. Show. Love this. The underrated Twitch stream. Boomstagree, it was you that said that in a different chat, wasn't it? Love it. Um, Petricor Love has just described, subscribed. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, this is no. wonderful. This is just good stuff. This is good, clean fun this right here. This is so wholesome. This feels like such a chill. Oh, oh, King Geo gifted it. King Geo. Oh, King Geo, thank you so much. My goodness. I mean, your kindness uh, uh, flows never ending. Yulberry subscribed as well. Is that from Yulberry or is it gifted? I, I Stephen Stephen one... gifted that one. <gasps> Stephen, thank Stephen, you so thank much. Stephen, thank you so much. Thank you oh, for I the subscription, King Geo. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, oh, do you know what we sh we need to do yet? We, I mean, obviously we're still working through little teeny weeny tiny bits of admin that need to happen, but we should make little badges for our subscribers. <laughs> You're going to be very upset. Oh no! Guess what's starting? Oh no! We're so I mean, close. Can you we're can so you pull close. it off by yourself though? I'm very. There's very only uh, six. There's we're only six percent short. Kirsten, thank you so much for gifting a tea, uh, a sub. To McWar Wraith. King Geo Chicago. Love also gifted one to Richard Anthony Morris. Thank you for that. Hype train. I mean, you're giving it a good whack. I'll give you that. <laughs> so <laughs> Okay. It's really easy to deal with this when I'm by myself. <sighs> oh, <laughs> and I muted you. Uh, <laughs> oh, you muted me. Oh, Christ. Just in case you came back and tried to cut me off again. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's thank quite you so much. fun. Thank you for all of the gifts and the bits and everything. It's amazing. We've still got, We. I mean, there's there's a lot left. There's a lot left. So, you know, don't hesitate to keep that hype train rolling. <laughs> Do you feel silly doing it by yourself? Absolutely, but you know you got to hold it down. <laughs> you got to do, got to do right by the stream. Indeed. <laughs> thank um, you for the bits. Thank you for the bits. Thank you for everything. That's so so nice. It sounds like a hobo song when Chris does it on his own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're just humming it away to yourself with a hat on the ground in front of you with some <laughs> coins in it. <laughs> That's how that's how we used to get the hype train before the internet, Ashley. Oh, <laughs> you sit down and accept donations. <laughs> um, Are you feeling hyped yet? Toss a coin uh, to the Twitcher. Come on, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. <laughs> I uh, that's very perceptive, King Geo. I am because I, apparently I got very loud while I was telling my jokes. Um, <laughs> And he was like, that was especially loud. And it's like, all right, I'll keep it down. That's okay. fair. Yeah, I'm moving out. Fair. I'm going to yell my head off because once I get to my new place, I'm going to be so fucking loud. Are you in flats? Will you have neighbors? Yeah, but apparently uh, the walls are super thick. Uh, the guy right. that's that's been living there, he's like, I haven't heard a peep out of anybody the whole time. 
so cool. yeah, my neighbors are gonna fucking they're gonna wake up to hype train song, baby. Oh, what just <laughs> happened? Someone hell. just gifted Bex. Bex, thank you so much for Bex, the gift. Thank you guess, for the gift. Guess where we are. Guess where we are, Ashley. Level two. I'm gonna need your help here. You're doing it by yourself. I have made it very clear from day one that I am having nothing to do with this. I'm gonna have to get a loop pedal because I gotta that way I can overlap it and just go over my own hypes. Hype, 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 that was good stuff. That was really enjoyable to watch. <laughs> that was too funny. <laughs> Agony and Colin, my neighbors hate you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have such a, a a base tone to, you know, when you it's it's funny when you hear. You know, there's oh, there's so many annoying TikToks where they they show each of the um, different mm. har harmony. Um, I don't know what I'm saying, bits. but each of the different harmony bits, and yeah. then they put them all together. It's like we're getting that breakdown of the hype drive song. <laughs> <laughs> now we just need one <laughs> with John singing it by himself. <laughs> I um I remember I saw this kid. Um, oh, this is um I'm drinking chamomile tea, chat. Just some chamomile tea. I've already had three coffees today. I do not need more. Um, uh, the uh, um, There's this video of this kid, and it blew my goddamn mind. I was dating a musician for a little while, and she was like, you don't know anything about music. And I said, that is correct. Uh, mm -hmm. I enjoy it a great deal. Uh, and, uh, and she's like, you'll appreciate this, though. And it's this video of this kid, um, and it's just him. It can't be more than like 18, maybe 17. And he sings Pure Imagination from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Okay. Um, and he does all six parts. Uh, and it's beautiful. Wow. Like it's really, it really blew me away. I've seen other people do it since, but I think because that was the first one that I saw, it really sort of took me back. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely fantastic. I really, I like those when they're done well. Um, yeah. Because it's like, that's not easy to just hit that pitch, get the timing exactly right when you're singing it. Yeah. Because there's no backing track. There's nothing. They're just sitting there singing it. Like, it's a real, it's a real goddamn accomplishment. I can't tell yeah. jokes to an empty room. This dude is crushing it. Yeah. It's, uh, I think sometimes, and most, you know, I find 90% of these reels and TikToks really annoying. But mm. every now and then you do come across something that's really impressive. Yeah. Like, and those are really, so really impressive. Those are so like exciting. Oh, mm -hmm. I think Ted, I think it is that one here. I'll bring, I'll bring it up. Um, and it's so like, cause I've said, I've said this about the, the internet before is like the internet is 10% um, all the worst people you've ever heard of in your life. And they're very loud and they get shared all the time and 90% mm -hmm. just wonderful people yeah. just quietly doing incredible things like doing how to 
how to get um, leather off of your iron when you accidentally <laughs> ironed something. And what it is is you turn it on and you just run uh, rub paracetamol on it. What? Um, onto the iron. And there's something about the paracetamol in the heat and it takes it off. My, my housemate did it um, a That's year ago. amazing. And it's like, it's all people just being like, here, I'm helpful. And this is for free and I'm getting nothing out of it. I just made it because I wanted to help. And I get that off like some of these very talented people. So here's, here's this kid. Oh. How do you do this? It's so talented. How the Who's Jacob Collier? David Moore is age, age shaming me because I don't know who Jacob Collier is. But yeah, even like the sort of like yeah. the doobie doos parts. Yeah. Like, how do you get that exactly on? That's, I mean, just fucking incredible. It's a lot of practice. It's a lot of, uh, yeah, that there's so much time gone into that. Like, I think about how much time I spent trying to make a bloody clip for our social media <gasps> channels today. <gasps> oh, no, it completed at level two. Okay. Thank you so much, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much. I thought I thought we were going to get into fucking Thomas the Tank Engine there for a second. Oh, um, I saw the choo-choos. Thank you guys so much for the hype trains. <laughs> You're the greatest. Thank you for letting me sing. <laughs> yeah. My and I mean, song. our very own David Hoare is, is talented in that way as well, isn't he? Hey, yeah, David. he's so good. He's so good. Apparently, um, this guy's like famous. Um, David saying, uh, this man has been signed by Quincy Jones. Uh, who that is. <laughs> you don't know who Quincy Jones is? I know the name, but I'm not entirely sure why. Quincy Jones is one of the most accomplished music producers of all time. Okay. Uh, he made Thriller. Um, he arranged for Frank Sinatra. Um, right. He's the reason Will Smith has a TV career. Um, right. he, he did like, he was behind so many fucking seminars. I'm sorry. There's, I'm really sorry the chat's annoyed at me. <laughs> there's, a, there's a great documentary that, um, that his daughter, you know Rashida Jones? She was um, yes. in Parks and Rec. I do know Rashida Jones. That's his daughter. Um, right. Okay. And so I definitely, he made it's definitely a just one of those names that I him. know, but I've never like connected. Why? I would say watch that documentary because other people will be mad when they find out that you don't know who Quincy Jones is. That feels that. like mm -hmm. that feels like you know when you do like I do this sometimes where I do a little bit of research on something just so people won't yell at me. Just yeah. so go. I did that with football, and I showed up, and I was like, Chelsea spends too much money. I mean. Lester I'm taking my time to get around to it, but I will be doing that with the film Tombstone. <laughs> it's the best movie of all time. <laughs> um, speaking of documentaries, before the stream this evening, I was watching the latest Netflix documentary um, on Britney Spears, Britney versus Spears. Oh, yeah. And it made me hate humanity. <laughs> What's up, EMB? How you doing, buddy? Hey, EMB. <laughs> so talented. So many talents. Um, yeah, it sounds like it was a, a... I haven't watched it yet. I've sort of half followed it through uh, Celebrity mm -hmm. Blinds and uh, Tweets. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I'm looking forward to watching the documentary. Um, and every Thanks. every story that comes out about that dad is like so much worse than the yeah. one that came out before. Yeah. Um, this one is very recent. 
uh, it kind of comes up to, I think the last date they showed on it was July this year. Oh, shit. So, like, it's it's right up to uh, a couple of months ago. Um, but, of course, this week it was announced that uh, she's act- he's actually been removed from her conservatorship. Mm. Um, I, you know, I, I still find it all very problematic. This documentary is made by people who used to be journalists following her around. Oh, like TMZ and, folks, like pops. Mm, I'm not entirely sure. They didn't really specify exactly who they were or worked for. I think they were freelance. Okay. Um, but they ended up, they ended up becoming quite close to her. Uh, she actually invited them in to try and help her get out of her conservatorship. So mm. one of them actually, like, secretly met her in a bathroom and had her sign a, a, a document to oh, wow. present to a court and everything like that. So wow. um, they they got very close to her. But, well, Chris is gone. Chris is just, for people who can't see, he we have, like, a whole behind the behind the scenes part of this show. And he's gone from there as well. He's just gone. Yo. What just happened? <laughs> I was trying to open a tab, and because of the way that my... Um, uh, I've got my ring light sort of dangled a little bit over my screen. Mm-hmm. And I clicked on a thing, but I accidentally just clicked on the X for this tab. And <laughs> oh, apologies. <laughs> Very sudden. I was just like, whoa, he's, he is gone. <laughs> yeah, I've heard enough about this. She's <laughs> I mean, free. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but honestly, it makes me, yeah. Uh, what what the champion I don't, strikes I don't again. Know what you heard. <laughs> Um, I think the last oh, the last thing was about um, the uh, the the docu- the journalists and the document that they signed in the bathroom. Oh yeah, um, but the the thing that I find really frustrating about all of these documentaries is that none of them have her speaking. They're all mm. there's so many different people that seem to have some side of the story, and none of them are her. And I just find that really. Yeah sad and she just has no control over her own narrative anymore in their defense Mm -hmm. was she allowed to be interviewed because her conservatorship only just ended yeah she's she's not allowed to be interviewed but i just find that then a bit like then why are you making the documentary you know i just feel like it's a lot of tell the story right they're trying to tell the story they they may be trying to increase public pressure Mm. on the, the the courts and everything to try and, and listen to the fact that this is obviously a very bad situation she's in. Um, but it's it's just one of those really stressful things to watch because you're just so aware that No, you're frozen for me. Am I frozen or are you frozen? Who's frozen? You froze for me and I froze oh, for you. One of us froze for the chat. Could be anyone. Um, <laughs> just Ashley. Mm, still got just it. Just me. Okay. <laughs> um, we will get to the end of the story with one with both of us intact. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I'm kind of just getting at the fact that it's such a stressful and horrific situation mm. to listen to. And even if um even if the documentary is made as ethically as possible, it's just difficult, isn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's it's that like there's there's something that I really like about um, there's this guy's name is Joe Sacco and he does um, uh, investigative journalist uh, journalism graphic novels. Okay. Um, and they're great. He tells incredible stories with them. Um, but he does a thing that uh, journalists actively try not to do, uh, which is he includes himself in the story. And his perspective on that is he understands that simply by telling the story, he's changing it. Mm -hmm. um, just yeah. by being there, he's affecting the way that people are acting um, because you can't be invisible, you know? And so your presence no. in itself affects things. And I love that about it. And it's such a, it's such a thin line to walk. I think he does a fantastic job of it. Um, and then you've got like, I mean, you know, Norman Mailer tried to do that too a little bit, but it's so fucking hard. Um, yeah. And I think especially in documentaries, because in films seems to attract, or maybe it doesn't just attract, I was going to say more fame conscious people, but maybe that's okay. not true. Maybe it's, it just gives them more of an opportunity to, to actively chase it because video makes it easier than writing. Um, but so as a result, you get people that become like they're sort of part of the story and then they are the story. Coney 2012 was a great example where it yeah. was like it was that guy and then he lost his mind later on. But Coney 2012 wasn't just the kids. It was the guy that was sort of making the documentary about it and he's at the center of it. Um, so I wonder how I can't think of a documentary that's done that well. that sort of includes the person who's making it. Maybe that one about Ginger Baker. Did you ever see that? No. He was the drummer for um, the some fucking band, um, Eric Clapton and them. Um, and then he sort of went nuts. He's a crazy person. He at one point he breaks the documentarian's nose mid documentary. Shit. He just hits him in the face with a cane. Just um, Christ. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, McGuire Ray, thank you so much for dropping in. Oh, he's, yeah. For Cream, thank you so much. Uh, enjoy. Take care. We will see you soon. Um, um, uh, but yeah, he's in it. He does. He does a good job. Um, yeah, sort of, sort of like quantum mechanics, King Geo, um, in that, but just in the sense yeah. that no matter when, as soon as someone knows that you're looking at them, they're they change because yeah. like, I'm self-aware. Um, yeah, that's a really interesting concept. I remember in university we looked at the Panopticon. I don't know if you've heard anything about that. I've heard of that, um, but I have no idea what it is. So it's this. I'm. It's a it's a thought experiment. I think um, I don't think they ever actually did it or anything. But the, the concept is, uh, it's almost like a prison setup, but you've got this um, like circle of rooms and each of the rooms has a window into it mm. and there's a person in each window. And then there's a tower that looks down into all of the rooms, but from those rooms, nobody can see into the tower to see if anybody is in there or if that person might be looking into their window. Mm. So they're not sure if they're being observed or not. Mm. Um, and so it's it was a, an experiment about like how people behave under the possibility of observation mm. versus maybe even the certainty of observation. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that was really interesting. I don't really remember very much about it, but it was really, really fascinating. And then at the time we spoke about how there's there's a, a whole trend in, I want to say Holland, but it could be Norway or Sweden. Uh, it was one of those three 
if you're from where... those three countries, we think you're basically the same country. We are very sorry, no, but I, it's I, what I just, we think. I think. And I agree with Ashley on that 100%. <laughs> I don't know. I've been to all of your countries and I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm not entirely sure which one of them it was, but it was one of them um, where there's a trend of people having very open living areas. Like okay. they, they don't have curtains. They have huge windows that basically let anybody on the street see into their kitchen and living area. <laughs> and it's like they do it on purpose so that they behave or something. <laughs> I hate that. But okay, I, I mean yeah. if it works for them. I it's I I don't fully understand the reasoning behind it, but it it's a trend somewhere in one of these countries. Mm. Um uh which I just think is fascinating as well. <laughs> that was that was um that's been one of my worries about uh, uh cameras and microphones and social media um everywhere since it sort of since I started watching people really get into it is that I wonder how much you know you're you you become constantly aware especially if you grew up in it I mean I still forget that everyone's got a goddamn camera um okay. but if you grew up in it and it's all you've ever known how much do you mitigate the way that you act um mm -hmm. so that you are you know seen to be within the realm of acceptability and then in what way and at what point will all the things that you've been denying come out yeah because you can't do that forever you snap um and the ways the ways in which people curate their own life and not just not just for purposeful things like instagram where you lie and you just sort of show the best version of your life mm -hmm. but just the ways of people are watching and tweeting about you people are tagging yeah. you in pictures that you didn't know they were taking um you alexa's listening to you we keep finding yeah. it um your smart fridge is fucking listening to you um <laughs> how much of knowing that there's the the, the presence of a, an input for your output how does that affect the way that you carry yourself and see yourself and are as a human being? I'm really yeah. like, I mean, the jury's still out. We don't know yet. It's, it's still too new. We're only what, like a decade in. Um, yeah. I mean, actually weirdly to, to drive it back to Brittany, um, there was, there's a part of that documentary where they're talking about how um, she started driving really recklessly was one of the earlier signs of her mentally, uh, mm. kind of struggling to cope and everything like that that she just started driving really recklessly and people started saying she was crazy or she was uh, you know whatever people kept describing her mm. um, but the but I mean I just can't help but think how can, how can you blame her for that scenario because the only reason that she started driving with crazy or driving fast was because oh. she was being chased by paparazzi yeah she was being observed so much that she couldn't get a moment where people weren't looking at her and yeah. yes i see we got a new follow we just thank yeah. you for the follow welcome into the troggies <laughs> yeah absolutely and that's i mean that's how diana died yeah like that's fucking wild yeah it's a uh, that's a fame fame to me always seemed like a trap uh, mm -hmm. to live quickly and i'm sure he's not the first person to say but he was the first person that i heard say and one of his songs he said to, uh give me the fortune keep the fame i'm like mm -hmm. that sounds nice yeah that sounds good because fame looks like a fucking nightmare uh there was a, a it because i started doing stand-up in, in montreal and so just for laughs comes through every year and you get mm -hmm. the biggest comedians in the world coming through just for laughs all of my heroes are there 
it was it was amazing to go because we would all get passes and you could go and hang out and a friend of mine hung out with Eddie Izzard for the night and I was in a fucking elevator with Reggie Watts and Steve Martin like it's it's a weird space but I remember friends of mine went to the big party um, one year and um, tell me if I've told you this before but uh, mm. Mike Myers was there like Austin okay. Powers Wayne's World Mike yeah. Myers uh, at the time fully one of the most famous people in the world and um he was in so there's the room there's the vip room and then there's like the the mike myers room basically mm -hmm. and he just sat alone in there for about an hour and a half because nobody was allowed in to hang out with him no one was allowed in and he couldn't go out because if he goes out people lose their fucking minds because it's mike myers and so he can't have fun either way so he just had to wait for another megastar to show up. And I think in the oh, end, like it was either awful. like Chris Rock or Dave Chappelle showed up and sat with him. And then he had a friend. He had someone to talk to. Yeah, that is know, horrific. Like, so is that double-edged sort of like, yes, there are definitely islands that they know exist that we have never heard of that they go to. But then there's also the island that they have to live on the rest of the time. Well, my cat's just been sick listening to this. Really <laughs> I hope your cat's okay, but if it's just a normal kind of animal puking situation, that's really funny. <laughs> um, yeah, it's probably why so many stars become recluses, even going yeah. back to people like Spencer Tracy and Howard Hughes. Yeah, I mean, there seems to be kind of my generation of famous people seem to have a little bit more care around them just because mm. the generation just before us uh, and any before that were just dying yeah um <laughs> so there see <laughs> there seems to be a little bit more care uh, uh yeah care given to people but i guess also <laughs> with social media and everything they, to some degree, people who are famous have more control over their own narrative. They can put out a post themselves and mm. um, say exactly what they want rather than even being interviewed. Like, you know, I don't know if you've ever been interviewed, but I've been interviewed quite a few times. And yeah. every single time I've been misquoted, every oh, yeah. single time oh, yeah. I have had something wrong said in the article and it's been portrayed in such a bad way. Um, and so if you go back to a time where that was the only way that famous people could communicate to their audiences or to the world or to the public, yeah. um, that must've been pure insanity to try and get your, your point across or get your voice heard. Yeah. But even without um, that fans are psychos. Yeah. Look at like, this is, I, I saw this picture a couple of days ago, Justin Bieber trying to eat lunch. Oh my God. They're just there. They just, just want to be near fucking lunch. Yeah, you just want to see lunch in this, and I guarantee that's not the whole crowd. No, there was um, uh, there's this guy. I mean, to be fair, this dude is like unwell, but uh, he um, he for a little while was um, the tour manager for Tom Jones, mm -hmm. and so he would you know go around with Tom Jones and they would uh, uh, hit the hit the road, and mm -hmm. um, Tom Jones only had one bodyguard. Um, and he always told Elvis, you have too many bodyguards. That's why people freak the fuck out when you're around. You need one bodyguard. Don't seem like it's a big deal. People won't treat you like a big deal. But also, I, maybe it was a different time. But what, what they would have to do is just so that Tom Jones could have like a, a moment of his old life, uh, they would stop outside a pub, like a country pub. Um, they would all put on their flat caps and pull them low. Uh, his uh, security guy would go in 
order uh, three pints, one for Tom Jones, one for security guy, one for the tour manager. Mm-hmm. They would all be ready at the bar. Then he would give the signal. Tom Jones would walk in, sit down at the bar, and they just sort of sit quietly drinking. He just wanted to be in a pub. That's all he wanted. And he'd just sit and he'd he'd just have the Guinness. And then they would eventually someone would go, are you Tom Jones? And it was like, right, we're out of here. And they'd all just stand up and fuck off because you just can't, you just can't be a person, man. Oh, it's awful. Um, I, I saw, um, you know, Asa Butterfield that plays Otis on sex education. I haven't watched that. Okay, well, he's uh, the guy who plays Otis on Sex Education. He's a mm-hmm. um, young actor. He was the boy in The Boy in Striped Pajamas. Um, but he tweeted the other day, I'm, he said, I'm so tired of people filming me or taking pictures without asking while I'm on a night out. It actually kills my mood and my night. Fuck off, leave me be, please. Yeah. And then he said, uh, he followed it up with another tweet saying, tweeting this from a cab home after I've had to slap multiple phones out of my face tonight. Yeah. You're just like, fuck. The phones as well. That must be a nightmare now. Way worse. Way yeah. worse. Because you used to just have to deal with trying to get out of the club yeah. or the bar, whatever you were. And yeah, and it would be there, like, so it like paparazzi. Or have a decoy yeah. that comes out. You just got to get to your car. But yeah. now it's the whole place. You can't yeah. be anywhere. And paparazzi, like in part of the documentary, Brittany says that, or they say that Brittany had. Uh, friendships with some of her paparazzi and she would actually nearly not invite them but she invited some of them into like she had their phone numbers she could tell them so she could kind of Mm. control it have friend yeah control it have friendly faces there one of uh one of them that she became friends with she was like being mobbed at a petrol station or Mm. gas station and uh she was trying to just put gas in her car. Like she was trying to do that herself. And because there's so many people around her, she's yeah. not being able to do it. And one of the paparazzi just said, Brittany, do you need me to help you? Like, and he just helped her put gas in her car. And she ended up getting like finding out from paparazzi, uh, getting his phone number and trying to get in touch with him to be like, mm. uh, you know, just invited him in to be her friend a little bit. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, God, she's at this stage where she just doesn't even get treated with ge- like general kindness very often. And yeah, that no. seemed to be something that I saw throughout the documentary was that just every now and then she would see somebody who was like a glimmer of hope for mm. her to be to try. And she tried to get people close to her so that she could get them to help her out. Yeah. And every single time that person gets totally pushed out by the people around her, gets mm. completely cut off from her. And so many of them were really upset on the documentary saying, I never saw her again. Like I've mm. literally not been allowed to speak to her again. It's just yeah. horrendous. Any any new point of view can put a new idea in her head and these people are making a lot of money off her. So they just can't yeah. allow it. It's a cult, oh, then they this documentary gives a lot of money figures. Oh really? And her dad is like god he's such a cunt it looks like because he basically stripped so much of her money and kept only gave her a little allowance Mm -hmm. like when you think about how much money she made she was making over 50 million a year at one point easily between perfume and music yeah so much and then but from her her touring like she was Mm -hmm. being 
forced to go on tour at some point too yeah. and they were adding on dates to make more money for themselves and these these couple of documentary makers they went and looked at how much money each of the people that was supposedly trying to protect her mm. earned from her doing more short tour dates and it's just like a stupid amount of money and yeah. she was restricted down to eight thousand pounds eight thousand dollars a month like when you that's a lot of money to me and you but to the amount of money that she made yeah no it's nothing that's fucking nothing yeah but that's that's another um way of sort of culting someone is that yeah. keeps them out so for eight thousand yeah. dollars a month you can't hang out with famous people no she can't go to the places the famous people are going she's no she's going but to she also wasn't that... even allowed to do that she was barely allowed to spend that money yeah you know they they kind of and oversaw also, everything that you she can't did. you can't run away on eight thousand dollars a month no there's no escaping you know? No, um, it's just it's so sad and so stressful, and the whole thing really got me down. And so you know what I did? I did something really silly. I bought mm. something. What did you buy? I I bought myself some little felt pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> I have wanted felt pumpkins for like three years. I'm not gonna lie. Not felt. Yeah. Um, Velvet, velvet pumpkins. Mm. They're so pretty. So I've ordered some fel velvet pumpkins. Well, that's very nice. I know. They're going, it... go, they're, they're going to look so nice in my little candle display that I have on my window at the moment. Yeah. Are you sure you didn't get an LED hat? Which, by the way, might be a scam. Still no sign of it. Sent them emails. Oh, no answer. That was yeah. so much money for a scam. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's a real thing. I think there's just been a problem, but I can't guarantee it yet. We're waiting oh, to find dear. out. Oh, I mean, it it was impulsive, and I did try to stop you. But they're called the LED Hat Company. They have so many products. Yes, but if you were going to scam people out of money, wouldn't you give a really legit-sounding name? <laughs> yeah, wouldn't you do it to people who wanted hats with LED on them? Yeah, mm. I mean, it's quite a good scam. <laughs> but don't worry, King Geo. Like, I'm on it. I'm pushing for it. We'll see. It's 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 shown up on a separate app the order so that's okay that's something that's that's a that's that's a good sign yeah it is something we will see i remember hearing who was it that got married i saw it in a documentary uh, about paparazzi where um it's very 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 famous couple uh were getting married and they were getting married on some beach in like hawaii or something and what they mm -hmm. did is they picked one paparazzi guy and they said we're going to pay you a shit ton of money you are going to be the official photographer but part of your job is to keep every other paparazzo the fuck away from our wedding ah that's clever yeah and so because he's in there he had to like strike deals with people and probably bribe people and organize mm. tell the cops where these people were going to come or like the security guards be like this is how they're going to sneak in this is where they'll be taking pictures from shit so you got to hire one of them to stop the rest of them it's he like, must have gotten paid so oh, yeah. much it's money for so that. so much money and it's but it's that like you know you hire a, a hacker to fight cybercrime yeah you know it's they're the only yeah. people that know all the goddamn tricks. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely the only way to do it. Yeah, and I think I think some people really do confuse fame with success. You know, mm. um, a lot of people think they want to be famous, but they don't. They want to be successful. <laughs> yeah, and there's so many and famous people, people that are like, "This is not what famous. I thought it would be." Yeah, some people yeah. just want to be famous. Some people just want to be famous, and some yeah. people don't care how. Like, they will just try and get famous. Yeah, I've known a couple of those people. And I was always kind of like, I've known a couple that were lying. 
And I've known a couple that were honest about it. And the ones that were honest about it, I kind of respected. I was like, you know what? You know what you want. Good luck. Yeah. It's, it's not going to fix what's wrong, but good luck, man. Yeah. I don't. I. I don't know. I think everybody wants that little happy medium, don't you? Because especially in our, it, you know, what we're doing, we're putting ourselves out on a yeah completely. the internet. You know, we're 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 trying our best yeah. to get more and more people to watch us, and uh, you, you know that that does mean that we we want a certain amount of of recognition. We want a certain amount yeah. of of fame, I guess. But yeah, it's like like just saying, enough. I don't, I don't want it to limit limit my life in any way. <laughs> what you want is it's like um, you know when you go to a you find a cool new bar, yeah. and it's full, but no one's heard of it. Yeah, that that's what I want. That's exactly what you want. Before the kind of place where you're like, I am not telling my friends about this because it will yeah. ruin it. <laughs> this yeah. is just for me. That that's that perfect. That's oof. That's what I want. Just yeah. enough. Do you have like a, <laughs> a like a, a a goal stand up wise? I mean, I don't think stand up's really your your goal thing, but I mean, it kind of is ish. Um, I don't really know what my goal is. I think I w- I would love to be a successful stand up. Hmm. Uh, and in my mind, I guess my the the ultimate stand up thing would be I, a Netflix special. You Sorry, know? Richard. Thank you so much for gifting a sub. Oh, thank you, Richard Anthony Morris. Very very thank you to Edinburgh's nicest boy. Our chat are so lovely this evening. So nice. Um, straight out the gate, you, there were so many of you in here saying hello and chatting. It was great. Um, yeah, I mean, and and I think net. I you know it's not because it's. Netflix special. I personally think that my stand-up would be more suited to something like a Netflix special than to something mm. like uh I don't know. I'm 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 I think I'm more of a show comic than a club comic, if that makes sense. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an Edinburgh yeah. comic. That's what I say. Yeah. 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 Thank yeah. you very much for following one exactly. K her. Welcome to the Trogies. Welcome indeed. Um, bit bleak for family stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, no cruise ships for you. <laughs> no cruise ships. No. Um, that that's you know that's the pinnacle, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I like being creative. I like just talking and 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 uh, doing interesting things. One other kind of goal that I had in the back of my mind that I was really working towards before the pandemic was that I really wanted, I thought I wanted to present history documentaries. Um, That was really something I thought, yeah, that's cool. And you get to kind of travel around and and do stuff like that, but also do a bit of research and and learning about history. And I love doing that. Mm. Um, But I kind of, I had no idea how to get into something like that, you know? And so I was initially going to do a master's in history, thinking that I could get a few more connections within academic circles. And um, really, I was going to try and work towards uh, 
honing my historical knowledge, but then also being able to shape it so that I could pitch it to people like the BBC and everything like that. Um, And so, uh, yeah, and I kind of, you know, with that in mind, I kind of wanted a a bit of a comedy spin on it. Um, But then I just, the thought of doing a history degree and still not being able to get a job just wore me down i just i got a bit broken last year with not earning any money so (laughs) um yeah well so it's like a teacher (laughs) if you're gonna do it without getting a job then it has to be something you really care about yeah and if it's something you're doing to maybe do another thing nah that's not gonna that's not gonna take yeah and it's not so much that i didn't care about it it's a lot of it I think I probably did have it in me to go and keep pursuing the creative stuff and, and all of that. But, you know, <laughs> it's been a bit of a running theme on the show, I guess, is that I've kind of had a rough run mm. uh, physically, mentally, emotionally. I've been battered to fuck by life. <laughs> no. <laughs> And so last year, I just kind of, I just went, uh, enough. Yeah. Um, I need a little bit of a safety blanket underneath me now. <laughs> so um, I watch so many fun YouTube channels about history. There's an opportunity to do whatever you like without the BBC. Yes. Um, I only kind of say the BBC because it's like an obvious way of saying I wanted to get other kind of backup and everything like that. But yeah. everything, you know, I, I wanted to... I was even going to self-produce like a, a kind of a history podcast thing. Um, I, I, I also was kind of thinking about doing a history of whiskey thing. Mm. Um, but just the idea of just really trying to work so hard on something by myself, you know, I don't, I'm able to do the bare minimum of kind of audio editing and stuff like that, but I wanted it to be really good and I didn't know how to do that. And it just really overwhelmed me to think of doing it all by myself. So, um, yeah, I have little goals and I have kind of different ideas of what I could do, but there's no kind of one road that I'm trying to follow, I guess. (laughs) Mm. Fair enough. I'm loving King Geo's enthusiasm. The democratization of video is here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, that was a very to... long-winded answer to your question. <laughs> That's all right. That's all good. We're here for two yeah. hours, maybe 90 That's minutes. Fair. We'll see how we feel, but we've already done That's an fair. hour, which is kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's, it's hard, especially when like, for me, stand up is the thing and mm-hmm. then everything else is like fun and I want to do mm-hmm. it because I like making stuff. Um, whereas, you know, for you, it's sort of more diffuse. You don't have the one focus. Um, so yeah, it makes sense that it would be a a big answer. Yeah. It's a lot of, I mean, standup is sort of the thing, but it just, I guess I haven't had the opportunity for it to be, Mm. you know, I don't, I, I'm just not able, it was the thing up until the year of the pandemic. Hmm. Um, but I think I was, and, and at that point I was only two and a half years into it, but as I say, there was a lot of long years before that. And I just got a bit punched out very quickly. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, no, it's uh, I think I've been thinking. I've I've started listening to um, podcasts with comedians again. Um, yeah, which I hadn't done for a long time um, because I just sort of I stopped think doing about that too. <laughs> um, yeah, I just couldn't think about stand up at all. I wasn't watching stand up. Yeah. I wasn't doing anything. Um, just because the, the you know lockdown was just so fucking depressing. But now that I've got yeah. I've got shows booked, I've got you know I'm writing things. I've written some jokes. I feel good about them. Um, it's like, oh yeah, let's get back into it. And listening to comics talk about sort of what they wanted out of stand up is reminding me what I wanted because I sort of lost track while I was in the UK because the UK has very strong um, uh, built in goals mm -hmm. that basically the whole industry revolves around. So it's things like Apollo, Cats, uh, having sure. a great Edinburgh Fringe run. Um, those are the main sort of things. Um, and so, and I don't want any of those. <laughs> Okay, but, but you end up sort of working towards them, just because yeah. it's it's where everyone's at. And I sort of lost my way in a way in the UK, and so being back and having a little bit of perspective is like, oh yeah, fuck, this is what I want. And also having to cater to British audiences so I yeah. could earn a living was hard. And now I'm like, oh, I hate I hate a lot of this, and so I'm never going to say that again. <laughs> and coming to Canada, where it, I have a shared. Um, uh, uh, sense of references and history and uh, uh, we can all pull from this. We're all drinking from the same tap, you know, um, mm -hmm. that I can, I can sort of just make a quick little reference and they know where I'm at and I don't have to fucking take my way through um, is so much easier. And I'm just like, Oh yeah, fucking this is what I really like doing. And so like I'm writing jokes about libertarians now because they're fucking weirdos. They're so <laughs> fucking weird. And, um, um, and it was, I was just sort of reminded that like the thing that I've wanted is I want to be able to, my goal is to get to the point where I can sell out small theaters without doing promo. Yeah. I want to announce a small theater tour, thousand seats sold out. That's it. I don't want to be stadiums. Like if, if I get to act in things, that'd be very fun. It's not a goal mm -hmm. of mine. I'm not good at it. I'm basically Vince Vaughn. I can be me and that's it. Yeah. There's no, there's no variable. <laughs> So if you need, if you have a thing that has Chris Betts in it, Chris Betts can do that. But everything else, <laughs> everything else is a fucking wash. Um, so, uh, uh, so yeah, so it's, it's been nice to be sort of reminded of that and like what I, what I want my voice to be and creatively where I want it to go and what I actually want out of standup as mm -hmm. opposed to just like, oh, I sure hope this fucking guy in New York books me. I don't care. Like I just needed the money. Yeah. I don't want, I don't, I hate that club. Actually, to be fair, the one in York is very fun. It was a hyena and I had a lovely time. So it was a bad <laughs> choice. But um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I, I sort of had that sense even from when I started it um, that I wasn't going to just keep going after the, the shit that everyone else was going after um i'm I'm trying to kind of remember because obviously i started in ireland so the goals there were even a bit different to what they are here in the uk mm. um like most comics that work in ireland as comics are touring mm. uh you know they tour around and do there's no huge venues unless you're doing uh the opera house in cork um and maybe Whelan's main venue in Dublin. Mm. Um, and there's 
you know, there'd be a few bigger venues in Dublin there as well. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of kind of small town touring. And I think I probably knew even starting out that I wasn't going to stay in Ireland um, because that small town vibe is, mm. you know, it's not me. Yeah. <laughs> the few gigs that I did in rural Ireland did not go well uh, yeah. <laughs> because I, I have thoughts that just... Am I freezing or are you freezing? Must be me, because you're coming through clear as day for me. Oh, you're freezing now. Cool. Really? That um that thing is very common though. That yeah. um and it's um I remember Sadaf showed me this thing. It was um it was on uh, uh recently deceased Louis CK's uh show Louis, and it was a thing of him doing stand up in the city and crushing and then having to go on the road and being in a small town and the exact same stuff. He's basically, he gets like booed off stage one night. They bump him from headlining to opening while a guy that lights his farts on fire closes and fucking destroys. And I remember having that at a show, um, mm -hmm. one of my first paid shows in the UK. Oh, I uh, it was a, it was a, what's that? Can you hear me? You there? I am gone. Oh shit. I'm, I'm going to have to leave and come back real quick. Okay. No problem. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it was it was uh, my first paid show in the UK, maybe first or second. Uh, it was in a little pub in Kent, uh, where basically it seemed like everybody knew each other. And I went up and I did my middle set. I think I did 15 minutes. There was like two 15 minute sets in the middle of the show. I died so hard. I don't think I got a single laugh the whole goddamn show. I might have gotten like a uh, uh, Oh, good night, Goliath, baby. Take care. I'm sorry to hear that your cat's sick. I hope that uh, I hope that they get better soon. Um, but uh, uh, they, so I died, and I came off stage, and I was fucking heartbroken. Like this is this is basically my first paid set in in the UK, and it just went so poorly. And then the guy that came up after me um, just pulled out a guitar and started singing a song about his grandma's pussy, like in those words. He's like, this is a song about my grandma's posy and immediately started killing. And I was like, oh, good. I'm glad I didn't do well. This is bad. This is a bad place. Um, Steve Mooney, that absolutely is. Um, the, I mean, my goal is to be, I want to be the best. I want to be the best one. I want to be the one that people look at and go, hot damn, that was fucking incredible. Um, and I can't do that. And I want to be able to do that. But in terms of like an outward sense of what a goal is, welcome back. I'm back. Sorry about that. I don't know. Really, ev everything on my computer stopped working. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Is it really hot? Uh, it's a little bit warm. Yep. Uh, but it's definitely been hotter. It's not too bad. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. My dad sent me some system mechanic thing that I need to do. Oh, yeah. Hopefully that'll help. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, I told the story anyway. It was basically short version. I bombed felt terrible dude run up mm -hmm. after me literally said this is a song about my grandma's pussy started killing just killing and i was like oh good i'm so glad i didn't do well here this is so nice <laughs> sure yes yeah, yeah yeah i've had that feeling as well yeah and it's definitely when i've gone and done those gigs in the country it's definitely not people that i'm i even give a shit about like i just and it's, I just, it's just different tastes man they just want yeah. what they fucking want and i can't give that to you i can't i just it. can't and that's, I feel I've, bad. I feel bad that I was booked. Yeah. I wouldn't have booked me. Someone made a terrible mistake. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, 
Yeah, it's uh, I I definitely had that thing early on, and I knew I knew what I was emotionally capable of putting up with, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which was really not much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't do the whole like some people seem to think that you need to do all those shitty gigs to earn your stripes or whatever. Um, you don't have a type fifteen about ga rivalry. <laughs> Uh, not that the guy would approve of. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I okay, so I actually am one of those people that thinks that you have to do a bunch of shitty shows. So tell me why you think differently, because I'm interested. Because I think you will ultimately you will do them. You know, there's mm. you can't avoid doing them. Yeah. In the beginning, because you don't know what those shows are like. You don't know what you're in for most of the time when they come around. Yeah. Um, they, they very often catch you off guard. Um, and so, you know, in the beginning you're just taking gigs. So there's, there's no way to not do them, mm. but at a certain point, I think you do, you do get a sense of what gigs it's even worth your while taking on. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, once you've tried a bunch of them, okay. But there's some people who think that a gig is a gig and you should take it, and I just don't oh, agree no, with yeah. that at all. Yeah, no. Um, you know, I don't, and and especially even even if it's like people think that if they're paying you to go and do it, you should just go and mm. do it. But if it's not going to benefit you in any other way, mm. like it, it just it isn't compulsory. You just <laughs> it depends on how much you need the money. I've taken a it, lot of shows that oh, I did not want to do. That's another I, thing altogether. But yeah. some people would would argue that if if you're not if you're not at a loss, it's if you're not losing money to do the gig, then stage time is stage time. Mm. Um, but I just I just don't agree with that. I I yeah I just but you know some some people think that you have to learn how to play every room, and I just mm. I know that I'm not going to be able to do that. So. I'm not going to try. Yeah, <laughs> I'd rather I... die on my own material that I enjoy and that I believe in mm. than try and cater. Because ultimately I could cater myself as much as possible and they still hate me. So, Well, yeah, I think I, uh, but I, so one of the benefits that I think um, of doing that occasionally, I don't think you have to take all of them, but taking some of them is, uh, is the, that you don't have to learn how to go to them you learn yeah. how to bring them to you. Oh yeah. And that is an invaluable skill because that pays off in all kinds of rooms because you never know, even a room that you thought was going to be lovely can just fucking turn on you. Oh yeah. And so being able to be like, don't worry, I got this and here we go. And you thought it was this and here we are. It's everyone sit back down. Um, and also it's, um, it's good to be jarred out of your comfort zone with stand up sometimes. Oh, and so I, to I go like, completely I know agree. this is going to be bad and mm-hmm. let's see how fucking bad it could get. Let's yeah. let's go, and then I'm going to go back to my safe my safe place. Yeah, um, I, and I, I don't mean that as like a safe space, just a place that's like I yeah. love doing stand up here kind of thing. But yeah, no, I I completely agree with that, and and everything that I'm saying is not exclusive, and it's not. Oh, uh, it's all oh something's happened. New patron. <gasps> thank you very much. Thank you so Steven. much. For... Oh, thank you very thank much you. for patroning. Uh, yeah, we we are having a meeting this week actually for patrons, uh, not just for patrons, for a few stream admin things, but we're mm-hmm. going to be 
talking about uh, the things that we need to do to uh, do a bit more for the Patreon and, and keep it. Uh, yeah, that's awesome, Stephen. Thank, Thank you, Stephen. Um, just yeah, get it, get it really into a yeah. nice place. Yeah, try to find a schedule for it. You know, yeah, do the like uh, the game get stream, the, organized. The extra episode, things like that. You know, we got a lot of lives going on. We got to plan things. We got a plan. Um, so that's what we're doing this week. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, stand up is just so. I think as well. I I knew coming into stand up that I had nothing going for me with it. Mm. I didn't know it. I you know I knew some people, but I didn't have connections i didn't I, I don't have any money i don't know i haven't like learned from anyone how to do stand-up i just figured it out by mm. myself yeah and i think i just i had realistic expectations of what i was going to be able to achieve with that when i came into it ah uh, see that um, feels like a very british isles thing because i came in exactly the same way and i had very unreasonable ideas of what i would achieve with it <laughs> okay it was very much like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to get on stage and start doing it. And I don't know anyone, but I'll meet people there. And I'll just be very good at it because I'll work very hard. And <laughs> yeah, but the the idea that like, well, it goes to rich people. And this is that. I think in Canada, we just don't have that. Partly because there's okay. no real scene to speak of. So like, yeah. what can you want? That's I remember Norm Macdonald saying that. He's like, the reason that so many Canadian comedians are so good is because there's no succeeding here. So if right. you do it, you do it because you love it. It's why I found like a bunch of British bartenders for a long time were better than American bartenders and Canadian bartenders because they weren't making any fucking money. There's no tips. And yeah. so like the cocktail bartenders that were doing it just loved it. And were really passionate, wanted to make sure you had a good night, whereas Americans were making cash. Yeah. And so a lot of people were just doing it for that. And it's the same with standup. You just, there's no live at the Apollo in Canada. We don't have stand-up on television at all. Like it just doesn't exist. There's no, there's nowhere to go. You just do it and you just keep doing it. So I think that that added to it a lot. Yeah. No panel shows, zero panel shows. Well, Comedians that was don't in, exist in the Canadian zeitgeist. Yeah. At in all. in Ireland, that was a big thing uh, in terms of you know, when I, when I was a teenager and, and in the earlier days of my discovering stand-up comedy, it was panel shows. Panel shows were the big thing and skits within those panel shows as well. Mm -hmm. So Republic of Telly, I don't know if you've ever seen that. That would have been a huge one uh, that was fronted by Neil Delamere. And did Andrew Maxwell do that for a little while or am I getting him mixed up with somebody else? I think he might That's have good. done Sounds like he, he, would. he would have been on the panel at some point. Um, he would have been on it at some point, but uh, there was Republic of Telly, there was the panel. Um, oh, there was a few others that were really... Yeah, they were what you were aiming for. They were sort of... Um, I guess sort of mock the wiki, but mm. Irish. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and yeah, they were kind of the goals you were working towards. But RTE has done very little to support comedy in Ireland. Um, they they don't really do much. I mean, Sounds Alison's, like a lot more than Canada, though. 
Oh, yeah, there is probably more than it sounds like there is in Canada, but Alison Spittle's done a few uh, interesting things that are a bit different, but she has had no loyalty from those things. You know, she it's mm. like, okay, we we got you to do this show, and then I think she's kind of gotten nowhere further with them, or mm. everything she's done, she's had to fucking push hard for it, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. It's mad. It's absolutely maddening. <laughs> it's a wild industry. It's wild. Yeah. It's a fucking wild place. It is. Which can be very fun. I like. I like that no one knows where it's going to end up. There's something yeah. crazy about that. Of like, because if you're acting, like if you're just an actor, it's going to be movies, TV, the serial commercial actor, or like nothing, or theater, mm-hmm. and that's it. Those are your options. With comedy, who knows? Nobody knows. <laughs> You could do yeah. fucking anything, and uh, it's real wild west shit. I like that. Yeah, it's a there's a lot of chaos involved. Uh, I do like it. Uh, I do like it, but I think what it lends itself to very easily is the sort of hack cliche stuff still doing more well than it should. Oh yeah. But that's yeah. every genre, you know. Boring pop music is always doing better than interesting music. Blockbuster formulaic films is the same, you know. They'll outdo any fucking art film anytime. Uh, so I don't, I don't really hold that against it. That's just yeah. giving those people the minimum of what they want because that's yeah. that's creativity. Corporatized, corporatized creativity. It's always going to be mm-hmm. the case. Uh, this comment, comment, comment. From Boomstickery, finding out Irish telly doesn't have much t- comedy is amazing. It's like finding out it's hard to get a Guinness over there. It fucking is hard to get a Guinness over there. It's uh, well, it's not hard, but it's expensive. Uh, alcohol. Most of the Irish-made alcohols are more expensive in Ireland than they are anywhere else in the world. Really? Okay. Maybe some countries where the currency is completely batshit crazy. I don't know. But, you know... Ireland, it's very expensive to get Guinness or whiskeys or so expensive. Is, it, we, is that just because they make their real money in export? And so the supply is a lot lower in Ireland? or No, it's because they keep putting up the tax to try and reduce uh, alcoholism. Yes. Yes. It is insane. They keep putting up the tax in Ireland. Um, you know what? You, so know, sad. you know what they should do with that tax money is they should uh, invest it into mental health and give everyone free therapy, <laughs> and that will that will defeat a lot of the alcoholism. Say that to any Irish politician, please. That's... I mean, higher up politicians. There's some uh, regional politicians that work very hard, but. Uh, Jesus Christ. Biggest eye-opener I had to panel shows is that when a comedian turns up, they give them the questions and pre-written answers to use. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah what comedians, you know what a lot of comedians do is they... Is they write uh, the jokes for that. Well, they they hire a writer. They take yeah. their fee and they hire a writer to come in and help them so that their jokes are bulletproof. And that yeah. way they sacrifice that one fee, but it makes up in ticket sales on the tour. Yeah. Um. Yeah, what, I remember reading this... this, uh, uh, this stat that's really fucking stuck with me um, about taxing vice and they were talking about cigarettes and what they said is that um, the higher that they taxed cigarettes because like in Canada Mm -hmm. the taxes are massive um, uh, it slowed 
well-off people, I don't want to say rich, so it's sort of like within the middle class, kind of like well-off people, they stopped smoking. Uh, people who were less well-off smoked more. Yeah. Um, partly due to the stress of having to spend more money on the smokes that exacerbated it and they ended up spending more on it. So weirdly it's, uh, it's counterproductive on the people that you're actually trying to help. Yeah. Um, because people with more money are naturally going to generally live healthier lives because they have healthier alternatives. They have less stress on their mental health. So they're looking for fewer distractions a lot of the time. Um, and the distractions that they do find are generally of higher quality. And so destroy you less. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, that blew my mind that when you raise yeah. taxes on the uh, uh, poor people are much more likely to increase um, how they do it. Yeah, it's the same with alcohol. Um, and that was that was the thing. I think I must have mentioned it on the show when it happened, but the World Health Organization there a few months ago brought out the an alcohol action plan for the years 2022 to 2030. And... A lot of it is pretty sound. It's all about uh, increasing awareness around alcohol mm. issues. Uh, it's about changing the marketing of alcohol. But one section of it says that there will be attention given to the prevention of alcohol consumption in women of childbearing oh, yeah. age. <laughs> I remember that day. I remember that coming out. That was exciting. It was, I, I'm still not over it. I'm still so mad about it. Um, I just think it's such bullshit. Yeah. Women of childbearing age, and the, the thinking behind it is that women uh, decrease their fertility by drinking and, you know, uh, just generally damage their bodies, which of course are only meant to be baby making, making machines. And you just, just know that that one sentence, <laughs> just that one just about how women are meant to be baby making machines. And I'm going to show I'm going to I'm going to show it to people waiting in line outside Ashley's show. <laughs> Is this the woman you want to support? This woman who thinks that you're a baby making machine? Um oh, it's just and you know that that blanket statement means that they're wanting to enforce it in a very generalized way that uh, there's discouragement for women who can't have children or women who don't want to have children, they will still be included in this discouragement of yeah. drinking um, because it's just going to be this bloody blanket thing. And it's just so infuriating because there's no proper research into that thinking. No. You know, it's pure patriarchal thinking. It's yeah. pure control over women's lives and bodies because if they knew and if they really cared about it in the way they're trying to make it seem like they do, they would know that uh, the so much fertile uh, so much damage to male fertility is because of alcohol consumption. Mm -hmm. In fact, men are more likely to have fertility issues from consuming alcohol than women are. And um, yeah, it's just this thing of of like it's going to be the people who are worse off in those situations already mm. that will be badly affected by something like this. You know, the most women who are pregnant don't drink alcohol. Mm. If they are drinking alcohol, they're doing it because of other environmental, social, socioeconomic issues that are leading them to that. 
you know, or such as depression or things like that. Cause I've known some rich women but, that drank a lot when they were. Yeah. So, but again, that's actually not anything to do with the no. encouragement or discouragement of them drinking alcohol when they're pregnant. They're doing it because of mental health issues or they're yeah. doing it because of their, their social circumstances. They're, they're living in poverty or they're living in, uh, they might even be living in some sort of domestic abuse situation. So there's all of these other things that are causing the thing mm. that they're trying to fix and they're just like going to come in stricter on that thing instead of actually looking at why it happens mm. it's just yeah bullshit. when i when i heard that uh that that thing of like women of child bettering age uh yeah. my thank you geo thank you very much geo um can you please post that in the discord i will be using that. <laughs> uh the um <laughs> richard right baby making machine is a pretty good fringe show title <laughs> <laughs> And it's you, but like you're you're dressed up like a like a housewife, and you've got mm -hmm. a tray that you're putting into the oven, but instead of cookies, it's covered in babies, and you're just oh. it's, you're making babies. It would be it does have a lot of poster potential. You're right, Richard. Uh, when I when I heard that um, uh, women of childbearing age thing, my first thought was, uh, oh, this is how they kept women out of bars the first time. Yeah. It's I mean, this is thing. the thing. Just women like, weren't allowed in bars like 50 years ago. And these guys are just like, my dad was telling me about how women didn't used to be allowed in bars. And it sounds pretty great. It sounds like it was pretty cool. How do we get back to that? Oh, let's say we're protecting them. Yeah, it's such bullshit. Women weren't allowed, like 50 years ago, women weren't allowed to order a pint of Guinness. They were only allowed to order a glass. You got such tiny little ants. Break your little yeah. bird wrists. absolute notions that's true Booms. that's great woman of childbearing age sounds like something a villain demands as he snaps his fingers bring me your women me of childbearing woman. age <laughs> 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 i was gonna do the exact same thing uh, it's just yeah uh we we actually steve mooney's mentioned fetal alcohol syndrome uh we actually had to look into that a bit as part of my course um, because you see symptoms of fetal alcohol syndrome in children in classrooms. Um, oh, of course. And that you, you kind of have to learn how to handle those. But, uh, you know, again, clamping down on allowing women to consume alcohol in pregnancy or at any point of their life is not going to solve fetal alcohol syndrome yeah. it, it, it it's not going to do anything if, if anything it's going to make it worse childbearing age morph has, has a very good question which obviously was one of the ones that i had when i first read this stupid article anyway um but this is from the world health organization that they are putting into motion next year it's just infuriating it's 12 um, it's 12 it's the juliet 51. age to fit 51 seems high they should lower that 51 is the average. It's 12 to 22. Everyone after that, stop having babies. That's it. 22. We'll cutting it out and then just go party. Just that's 22. it. 22. You've, you've got from 12. Oh, you're not bulking at 12. It's 22 that's your problem. 12 to 22. But how most women have children at over the age of 22. And that's a mistake. They should stop doing that. 22 is the max. That's where everybody dips out. All the guys get vasectomies. It's 22 years old. You've made your life choices. You're either going to be a fun guy or a dad guy. And that's a that's a wrap. And you can only date people your age, which fucks me because my wife's older than me. But 
I could be married to my wife for half the year. <laughs> um, it's just bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it, abstinence doesn't stop sex. Um, no. You yeah. Know. Exactly. Yeah. And and they dealt they dealt with that very well in the latest season of Sex Education. I won't say any more about it because I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't watched it yet. But uh, they they dealt with the concept of teaching abstinence, mm. and it's so silly. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny to me because it's like yeah, like all those teachers that were that I had with drugs, yeah. they were just like, well, I never do drugs, and we're like, yeah, but you're a fucking loser, and we hate you. So if you don't yeah. do it, then we're definitely going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Drugs are cool, man. Not only do I want to do it, but you not wanting to do it makes me want to do it even more because yeah. anything, anything that you're involved in sounds like a nightmare <laughs> to me. Yeah. I don't want any, I'm never going to wear a sweater in my life. You fucking weird old man. Yeah. They banned alcohol for under 12s. No, under 12s <laughs> are allowed to drink because they're not of you're childbearing allowed to age. drink up to the age of 12, but you're yeah, not allowed it's... after that because you're of childbearing age. Yeah. As you know, let's all, Ah, I'm not even going to finish that sentence. Uh, no, don't finish it. <laughs> um, we're at an hour and a half, and I have we keys are. to pick up. How do you feel about um, walk, walking away? You got I more to say? We No, I think we can wrap it up. Uh, this has been a conversation. Yeah, man. Um, we went... I, I'm not going to lie. I was a little emotional earlier. Aww. When we were talking about comedy, I was really trying not to cry. <laughs> um, just in terms of our goals and what we've been working towards, that was uh, getting to some nerves. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, but I'm okay. I pulled myself Good. together. I didn't draw uh, attention to the fact that I felt upset at the time because I said, if I draw attention to it, I'll cry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't notice. But Good. I famously lack empathy. I'm a real bad guy. So you've never shot your pants as an adult. So I did. It was it just is. a while ago. It was just a while ago. A long time ago. <laughs> um, who are we going to raid? George Fox is having his 100th <laughs> stream. Oh, then it's got to be Fox. It's got to be Fox. You Kimmer two get says... into the deep chat when it's just both with just you both without Mr. Boomer. <laughs> <laughs> but to clarify, she loves it when John's here too. So yeah. <laughs> We we uh, John we we never mentioned it, but John was uh, he was just unable to make it today. Some things yeah. came up for him, and that's he's it. He's had had a hell of a day. He's had a hell of yeah. a day. He'll probably fill us all in tomorrow. Yeah, he's gonna have some. <laughs> he's gonna come in real hot tomorrow. He's gonna come in so hot. I, <laughs> I reckon hot. you and I aren't even gonna get a word in edgeways tomorrow. <laughs> no, no. There's gonna be a lot of. And then what happened? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, shall I rate or are you rating? Um. Do you want to line up the raid, I guess? I got it. You betcha. All right. We are rating Fox Comedy. Thank you so much for watching, guys. If you haven't followed, please give us a follow. If you're on the podcast, please rate and subscribe and tell your friends and all that good stuff. Um, Check out our Patreon as well. Yeah, join our Patreon. We're going to be putting up a... Well, we got the meeting this week. We'll be putting up an extra episode soon. Uh, say hi to Fox. Um, uh, raid messages. Uh, uh, congratulations on 100, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, why let's not? Go in there with a nice positive note. Nice and cool. Simple. Um, I have got my finger on the outro button. Hit it. See you guys. Bye. See you soon. That's all. Penis into her vagina. That's all. That's all. And that's cool.
Some people call it having sex. So the man passes the sperm to the woman, and now his sperm is in her. Maybe you're wondering if a mistake could be made when having sexual intercourse. That can't happen. 